0: Hello everyone, welcome to the new episode of Everyday Talkies. Now before you jump on to listening to this episode, wait, take a breath, smile, get your regular dose of life-changing entropy here on Everyday Talkies. Hello guys, welcome to the new episode of Everyday Talkies. Today we are back again with a new guest for you guys. So uh, today with me, I have my... Classmate, Yeah, my ex-classmate since we have graduated and you know, I especially bring him here because the amount of experiences that he'll share today is the most unique before even he can give it his introduction. So, let us all welcome Saurav Singh or as we call him Jolly. Hello. Hello, hello Anshir. See, the main agenda here is that we start with a basic intro about you, right? Now, now, there is a small catch. Don't give your intro as if, you know, you are going for an interview or it's a college environment or it's a placement or something like that you know what give your introduction in a format ki let's say that you're meeting a friend in a strange place so how would you introduce yourself and people want to know that version of jolly so uh, yeah uh, the stage is all yours go ahead
1: okay so my name is Saurabh Singh i am born and brought up in pune i have a masters in data science i like lifting i like i'm i'm going to compete in uh, july for the first time in a powerlifting meet and a raw powerlifting meet uh, I love talking about life, I love I love philosophy, I love having different ideas, I love talking about different ideas. Uh, I wouldn't say I am not religious but at the same time I, I do have a lot of spiritual uh, belief, I have a lot of belief in different concepts like destiny and, and the way I shape all these things are might be very different or weird but uh, I believe that. I like talking about experiences, life, different things like that so we can roll with it. That
0: 30-second intro had so many things that we're gonna unpack slowly and (laughs) steadily. Yes, yes, definitely. Okay, so one thing which i think has been constant uh, with i think most of my episodes is that we usually delve into the career part of it like we have had people who did their engineering who did the ca who studied BCA but are doing something else somebody is doing political science somebody is, has started their own company somebody has devoted into to management right so all kinds of things we have seen now one thing especially which i know it's unique about you is that You pursued your masters in data science, which is a continuation of your B.C.A. degree, and now um, you are teaching in a school. Yeah, that is by far, I think, the most uh, unique person who has come onto the episode, as well as all of us at one point or the other have dabbled with the idea of teaching. But nobody has really dwelled into it, at least in our circle. And I think I, you're the only one I know that was
1: done. I think, I think with gen, with our Generation Z or Gen, gen Pop, it's, it's very uncommon because you tell people you want to become a professor, everyone looks at you very weirdly. What is this guy talking about? He did a master, he struggled for this long and now he wants to become a professor. <laughs> it's definitely one of those career choices that has maybe fallen off, maybe fallen off the mainstream wagon, I'd say, or maybe fallen off what most people would want to do. So the way this happened, uh, if we can break this down, is basically. So we met during B.C. B.C. was pretty cool. Uh, I got to do a lot of stuff. I, I think one of the biggest, uh, not just for an 18-year-old coming to a city like Bangalore, getting into B.C. at Christ University and being exposed or enamored by this entire world of, with the entire world of Christ University. Everyone who's been to a university like Christ will know what I'm talking about the types of people you get to meet, the variety of people you get to meet, different things. One of the, the two best things that I did was, one, I was able to network very well with teachers. I would say I was picked very commonly or oftenly for event coordination and things like that. So that really opened up my eyes that right, I like behind the scenes stuff. I, I like all the things that go, in, go into this profession in general, because I would talk to teachers quite a lot. I talk to a lot of professors. One of the first people who inspired me uh, to become a professor was Tulsi Ma'am. Oh, which is, okay. it was Tulsi Ma'am. Yeah, that was that was. I remember in my second year of BCA, thinking that this is, this is pretty cool. Uh, you get to teach and you get to talk to people and interact. By the end of BCA, I had this at the back of my mind. So uh, after BCA, I went back home and I was preparing to pursue data science at the time. And my only reasoning to do data science was because I was really interested in machine learning. I really liked how the concept sounded. This sounded and this and that. So I talked to my dad. I talked to my mom, I said, I'll, I'll do this, but I didn't tell them that I want to become a professor yet. <laughs> no, that was at least, I didn't tell them that I wanted to become a professor down the road. Came back, I did, did well in my master's, uh, I did an internship at Tech Mahindra, and this was still always in the back of my mind that this is what I want to do with my life, want to become a professor. And during my fourth, semesters, fourth semester of my master's degree, uh, I told my parents also that this is what I'm going to do. I got offered a job at Tech Mahindra where I was interning, It was pretty... And i turned that down so the first reaction you know i got from everyone was not just my parents but even my friends was hey, there's something wrong with this guy <laughs> we are all trying to get a job and he's just turning one down so i, I took my chance there I, I, I didn't take the job and i started applying for assistant professor roles and lecturer roles here and there and the way the things turned out or things everything fell in place and i i got into national college here as a lecturer and it's not even been a month yet but the job is fun and it's exactly you know it's, it's funny but the things that you visualize sometimes actually do turn out to be true and this is one of the most rewarding things that uh, that's turned out for me among um, among many different things and uh, you know with covid and all of all these life obstacles in our way and i'm happy that uh, to see how things have shifted up one of the other big defining points was i remember once i think your class and my class both of us we complained about a certain c++ teacher if you remember <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> and i remember our hod came to address us and he was very upset and he told us that it is your fault and everyone was like how, how, how are we at fault and he said that no one from your generation wants to become a teacher that is why we have sub- subpar quality even at the biggest institutions and that really hit a nerve because uh, what is the point of doing all these things, being getting all this education and getting a job and then working yourself, why not try to make a difference somewhere, right? And then not that's not to say that any no other jobs make a difference, but this felt a lot more appealing to me. And to be honest, I, I never saw myself as a IT guy or a company guy and that is not a knock on IT guys or the company guys or any MNC people, but I just never saw myself living that life. I always wanted to do something a little more proactive i always wanted to do different things and this would have allowed me to do all those things. Namely, the only thing right now apart from this which I'm pursuing actively is powerlifting.
0: Okay, wait, Sarav, I'll have to to stop you there because powerlifting is a different phase of life which we'll have a lot of conversations in. But before we jump into that, uh, let's slow down and let's talk about this a bit more because it's quite interesting. First of all, I want to ask you this. as you mentioned that college I think was a very big factor in influencing your decision that you want to be your teacher and all of that. But let's dial back a couple of years, you know, or 10 years or so in your childhood, um, was this the dream even then, or were you thinking something else at that time?
1: I was. I was uh, growing up in DAV Public School. On Pune, my idea of <laughs> dreams was having cold coffee and eating paneer sandwiches, and thinking <laughs> that would be life. <laughs> I, had a, I, I. I was growing up as a kid. I was very insecure, underconfident. I, I had no. Uh, I would say I had no presence anywhere. For a kid like that, thinking of having ambitions even like to to be a professor or to be anything would be very outlandish, especially at the time, if we go 10 years back in time, I just wanted to get out of school alive and just try to do something, right?
0: Before that, you joined BCA, right? And that's a tech industry, you already knew about that. So was that something because you genuinely liked it from the beginning or did you stumble upon it occasionally?
1: Um, well, I'll tell you this, up till 12th standard, up till I was 18, I, I really had no concrete plan. BCA happened by accident, I'll tell you. And everything, almost everything ha- after that happened by accident. But it's just that, you know, things lined up somehow, things lined up. I, I, I did enjoy programming, BCA was in Christ, you know, it was very rigorous for us. And But all of us got to develop our skills so much more. We developed all this ability to logic things out and stuff, which is pretty cool, which is pretty nice. So. But yeah, I, I never had a plan, I'd say, I, I, I can say that confidently, I never had a plan, things just happened and i always trusted my instinct or my gut that alright, this feels right, this feels, this falls in place, let's stick with it.
0: Yeah, well, I think this is a very important point which I think should be talked about because all of us think that, you know, our interests in the very early days define our career choices or we should and sometimes they do right and most of the times they do sometimes we follow that but it's very much okay to feel or know that you don't have a plan even till the end and as you mentioned right that sometimes gut tells you that this is the right thing to do and things fall in place and ultimately it's about you putting in the effort
1: it's one of those things like, if you take a look at Rohit Sharma, he was a fast bowler in his up-and-coming days. So no one, If you told him at that time that you are going to be India's, one of one of the greatest Indian batsmen, he would have probably laughed at you. Right? So, you can make all the plans in the world, but if it doesn't fit your life or it doesn't fit you at that time, it's, it's all basically pointless. Right? You might be the greatest golf player that India could produce, but if you never try it or if you never have the urge to try it, what does that even mean? You can plan all these things out, but I feel, at the end of the day, things have to fall in line and you cannot force things to follow them they just will or they just won't oh percent for
0: sure okay so now that we have established that you stumbled upon this career choice while you were in college and um, you continued your master's uh, in Christ itself and then you went to do this so okay now 20 odd days of experience of teaching people in an online world one thing is you have observed teachers teaching you physically right now you're Dealing it for the first time teaching in an online world. Well, first of all, how is the experience with teaching?
1: Alright, okay. So teaching, honestly, it's, uh, you know, all the all the things that they tell you about how rewarding taking a good class is, it's, it's all true, man. I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, one of the other days, one of my students messaged me that, uh, thank you so much for the PDF, sir. It's really good. And I'm able to understand my concepts better. Something like that, you know, it, it really means a lot. Just somehow in some tangent just makes me very happy. Right. And then that is something that I can be very proud of. Every time I take a class, I, I try to keep it very interactive. One of the things that I've learned from the way we've all been taught is that I don't take one-hour classes. I take half an hour. At most, I take a 40-minute class and, and, that's, that's, and I let them go. So, one of the things is that I try to... All the shortcomings that I've seen in an online education system or even in an offline in-class system I I try to somehow at my level I try to account for that I don't try to keep repetitive tests and repetitive things like that I try to keep it more summarized more interactive things like that that is my version of how how I can operate and the thing the good thing about being at national college is that they've given me that right so the first time I met my HOD and I met my the director and principal of the college uh, they were very impressed by me somehow, <laughs> which which is which is pretty cool. <laughs> it's, always, it's always good to have backing, and they essentially let me go. They said, "All right, uh, we, we understand how you want to do things, and you know you can try it out, and that will then all, uh, obviously always be in loop." So I, I try to cover up some of those things. In comparison to how things would be in person, uh, I'll say this: I'll say this. An in-person class can will always beat an online class. Like right? there's just no way around it. No matter how interactive online classes get or, you know, no matter what you, what technology you can build up. Even though I've never taken an in-person class yet, but I can be more than sure that, you know, if there's some concept that I have a difficulty in delivering online, if they were in front of me, I would just be able to help them visualize better. Oh, 100% about that.
0: Uh, an offshoot of that question probably would be that while we were studying, right? We were studying all the concepts, maybe for the sake of uh, app- applying it somewhere, right? and uh, putting it into use in a corporate or, a, or a whatever world, right? Uh, be it in a product or something like that. But you took an approach where you're learning a concept to teach other people to make sure that others realize it well. And that takes a very special skill because not every let's say biggest coders in the world can be great teachers, right? Or for any profession for that matter. So how has that been? Because you know, teaching does not come naturally to everyone. You take, it needs practice, it needs and since you've never done that, and you're doing it for the first time, like, personally for you, is that a difficult task? Like, do you have some tricks to prepare?
1: Uh, you actually hit it right on the nail with your analogy that the greatest coders in the world are, are not the greatest teachers, right? This just, this isn't just prevalent to our education system. Even if you take sports, the greatest athletes not don't always make the greatest coaches right there's a difference between being knowing something and being able to teach it or being able to help others visualize those things when i was studying i always i always my idea uh, you know how people like you said everyone was trying to study things so that they could implement it later somehow i would always take look look at things and i would always tweak it in a way that okay this can be explained better with this all right if you want to explain a data cube maybe this analogy would make more sense right so that became my thinking during my masters and then once you develop a thinking like that even when you take a look at simple lab programs you feel like okay sir if you would have taught this in class this would have been easier for many people many more people to understand it's a very unique thing i would say or it's a very different thing or not it's not something that everyone can help understand but i would say if you take a look at the best teachers and the best athletes, best coaches and all, or best instructors all over the world they wouldn't have been the greatest uh, students or the greatest athletes or the greatest instructors at their points in time they understood enough that they could help it help teach other people and then uh, you know it's it's i don't think it's very unique i think everyone can do it i think everything i've done in my life is something that everyone can do it's just going to take a little bit of
0: work yeah i think bringing you probably i think one main reason i think people can get inspired at least by the way you're speaking is that they can themselves think of taking teaching as a profession because i think it's rewarding as you 100% said and you can bridge the gaps which you yourself felt right and it's not you would say demeaning in any sense. I don't know why people think that people are always the capitalistic uh, motive that you know, you got to earn more or more. Yeah, money is important and you need to earn but I think that can be done similarly via uh, teaching right.
1: It's not like if you're a professor, you won't make nothing Right? Like you might not make as much as you know, Maybe someone who's sitting at a very good position in an MNC. But here's the thing, but here's the catch. An MNC, as you you work in an MNC, you tell me this. How many days have you been able to shut your laptop at five o'clock and not touch it till the next day?
0: <laughs> never, bro. Never. <laughs> That's
1: never gonna happen, right? Even on a Saturday, your boss will send you one email. He'll be like, I'm sure, please take a look, man. Just please take a look. And but here the best thing about my job is I log in at 9.30, I go to college. 4.30 when I shut my laptop I'm done. I just have to pick it up the next day and the way the structure is built at National College Jainagar and all, almost all governmental colleges is that they make sure that the amount of work you get can be finished off within those hours. So you, yes you do make I would say lesser money or less mon- a fraction less money than someone who who's a, a parallel in a different NNMNC or IT industry but you're also spending a fraction of the time that they do. Right. So it's, it's just one of those things. And if you want to make more, join somewhere as an instructor on there's so many online websites, they'll hire you for no problem. You can do uh, external initiations. You can do all these different things if you just want to make more money. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Okay. So this is the teaching
0: part. This is the front end part as you, so as you see the computer language, right? That is the teaching and you know interacting with the students and all of that. Mm-hmm. While we were studying, we only saw what uh, we were taught, right? But teachers have their own life behind just teaching. Right. There is an entire management thing, uh, you're part of, uh, different things that you know we might just not know. So tell us something about that because that is something which I think most of us are unaware of.
1: So I'll tell you this, uh, the behind the scenes of a college are pretty, uh, they're actually more difficult than taking classes, I'll tell you this. <laughs> they're, they're more difficult than taking classes you've got all these different accreditations to take care of you need to make sure the college documentation and all is on point you need to make sure that whenever the HOT gives you some work they document this or take a look at this event or this or that it's you know in in Christ at least what, when we were we were studying or we were coming up all we thought was that the teacher gets a fest in charge and he'll pick three students and he'll make them heads and they'll do everything right but the amount of behind the scenes that the teacher has to do from getting budget arranged to this to that to going and talking to these 20 different people for this time 20 different things it's just it's pretty it's pretty massive so i'll tell you teaching being a professor the easiest part is to take classes the hardest part is to go behind the scenes set syllabus set course outcomes we actually uh, the last three days i was in a MATLAB workshop set by mathworks which my college sent me sent me for and the reason they sent me for sent me for that they wanted people to learn MATLAB so that we can implement it in the syllabus now the three-day workshop wasn't the hard part the hard part is going to be designing a syllabus getting it approved by running to three different people uh, explaining each and everything, defending that syllabus that All right, this isn't done because of this reason or this is put in because of this reasons, right, that will actually take up more time than maybe taking two classes and posting a lab for the day. <laughs> I guess
0: you will be good at it because i've seen you doing this at least as a student while you were organizing fest and all of that so well
1: even that since we all we're getting to fest i'll tell you this before i came to christ the amount of stage fright i had if you talk to him i would have fainted in 12 standard on stage that is how much i couldn't stand public speaking but after the end of bca you put me in front of 3000 people and i'll be a dead tree and i'll speak whatever you want me to say so that was one of the biggest stepping stones i would say in like Personally, coming, develop like what uh, we call it, soft skills development, right? Soft skills and having good interaction and being able to route things through and managing and micromanaging things. I think that is where. I, that is what I learned quite a lot in my BCA that, that helped me a lot even in my masters and it helps me a lot today since I can get around easily. Yeah,
0: you know, that is something which I'll 100% agree to because I can relate to that personally. Even, I think the same story applies to me that I was a super introvert, I think I still am, I don't know. But it's just that, that I could not hold a conversation earlier at all. And I was okay with one-on-one conversations but you know, having a group conversation or going on the stage was something which, well, I could not do it and after coming to Christ, I think we were super pissed off by the way they used holistic and all of that but somewhere down the line, it really did help.
1: Actually, I'd say that we all downplayed it but after you get out of the system, you can look back and, look back and appreciate these things. You can appreciate the teachers holding corporate connects. You can teachers, you can appreciate your professors trying to do some more things or the institution, trying to do all these small, small things but those small things did add up by the end of the day.
0: The so one I think added advantage also a university like Christ I not say only Christ but a university like this is that they have people from so many different courses right you have science commerce biotech and uh, media studies but hotel management
1: and you've got hotel management mistakes.
0: yeah and masters, bachelors, all under one roof. Now, this is not a small roof. It's a huge campus of 20,000 people. But (laughs) the amount of interactions that you get, whether you're part of a committee, whether you're part of an event, or anything for that matter, as a participant, as a behind the scenes worker, and the amount of interactions and the amount of experience that you get is so huge that I think you develop these skills organically.
1: Right. and if you take a look at uh, the, you know, some of the guys from our batch, some of the guys have done some really cool stuff. Uh, some of your some of your classmates have went ahead uh, and made they've made an aqua startup, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, Madhur has done his whole dif- own own stuff where he's made his own company. Uh, I like that. you Some of the people that I get really inspired by are guys like uh, Sudhanshu, who's, who's just gone into a, a different field and just killed it. And you can see that all these people came up within a system like this, right? So that approach, holistic approach to education or you know, whatever, however, however you phrase it, it, it really helps. I wouldn't say it builds your character, but it's going to reveal your character. Like you will truly find out what you're made of. If you have the insights to do all these things that you don't like to do. And then over time, I think that's what everything boils down to. Do you like, do you, will you do things that you don't like to do to get better Then all these different ways?
0: Uh, we've already had Navdeep and uh, Madhur on the podcast and Thankfully you mentioned Sudangshu because uh, only you can convince or people if you are listening, I'll, li- I'll put his link down below, convince him to come because oh, I have lost that pattern.
1: I, I'll tell you this, he's not just a friend to me, he's, he's like a he's like a father figure in many ways, the, the the amount of things that I've learned from him, there's a few people and I I try to learn a lot from everyone but there are a few people that always stand out right and I think that's the case for everyone, the people that we look up to, people who are braver than we are or are doing things that we would aspire to do or at least learn from. Oh, 100%, 100%. And
0: for people who do not know, he was my roommate until Covid hit and we had to uh, come back <laughs> to our hometowns. Now, since we had a long and a nice conversation about uh, your teaching life and this new career that you went through, one thing that I know and I got to know recently that you are super, super passionate about uh, pushing the human body to its limits. And uh, Specific, uh, be it mentally, physically and you're passionate about lifting so I will not ask any questions, I just want you to tell us the entire story right from the very beginning because I just want to watch this movie as a audience wait, 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 so now with this we basically come to an end of the first part of the episode and next week we'll be discussing the lifting and the power journey of Saurav's life and how he got interested in that field and what he is currently pursuing so till then stay tuned we'll catch up in the next episode Thank you for listening to this episode. Follow us on social media and do let us know if you want to be part of the next episode. Till then, live long and prosper.